The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you're joined by myself, Alex Fishbein, my co-host, Mike Bash, and we are continuing our Year in Review series. Last week, we covered the Toronto Raptors Year in Review, the NBA champions. This year, or this week, sorry, we are covering the second place team in the Atlantic, the Philadelphia 76ers. So, as everyone knows, the Sixers uh, were had a lot of expectations for this season. They came off of a deep playoff run, well, somewhat play, deep playoff run, for them at least, last season. And their expectations were even higher this time around. They did not exactly meet the expectations of everyone, especially after getting the team with Butler and Tobias Harris, but uh, they did end up losing to the eventual champions in in the seventh game um, in their second round series. So, Michael, I'll let you start it off, and uh, so I want to see what did you think of the Sixers season? So, I mean, the Sixers came into the year with uh, a completely different roster than what they finished with. Uh, they made the big trade, trading Sarge and trading um, Robert Covington to get Jimmy Butler. They brought in Tobias Harris. So they formed the big four, and I, they kind of went how I expected once they got the big four because you can't expect the team to bring in these kind of star players, and then all of a sudden it's going to gel immediately. Uh, they obviously were a very good team down the stretch. They made a run in the playoffs, but they lost to Toronto on a absolutely heartbreaking like unfathomable shot by Kawhi Leonard where <sighs> you know it bounced around four times and uh to this day it still brings joy to me as a Nets fan <laughs> see the Sixers no I'm just I'm messing around um you're not messing around I know I know you still laugh <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you know nothing makes me happier than seeing uh, Joel Embiid cry like a four-year-old you know uh, oh that was a, a pure hap- happiness for me uh, no but <laughs> Alex I told you the sixers had one gla- one major glaring issue and I think that's what hurt them in the playoffs. Even though they brought in Jimmy Butler, the the combination of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are it just doesn't work in a half court setting. Joel right. Embiid, yes, is a great post player, but Ben Simmons can't shoot. Ben Simmons can't make pull up jumpers. Ben Simmons can't go to the free throw line consistently. And when the ball's in his hands a lot, it's hard. You know, as easy as is. For him, he uses size and uses athleticism and speed. When the game slows down, that's when he struggles. And I think we saw that. Uh, they lost some close games. Uh, I think one or two of those games was a, a blowout. I don't remember the series exactly. 
Uh, yeah, a couple of those games were blo- were blowouts. But yep. you know, when when you kind of slow the game down on the Sixers, that's when they struggle. It'll be interesting to see the next step that they take um, as the East has kind of gotten weaker for next year. But what was your thoughts as a Sixer fan, as a guy who lives and dies by every bounce of the ball the Sixers make? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's almost too literal with the bounces that the shot took and literally almost killed me. Um, no, but... I like for the whole season I came into it with uh I would say some cautious optimism. I because the the season before I almost thought was like a gift and a curse because I didn't think the Sixers were at a championship level yet, but the moment they made that second round playoff run and um faced the Celtics in the the playoff just prior to this one that automatically put the expectations on the Sixers of like, okay, well now you got to get out of the second round next year. And I don't, I just didn't see it originally with the, the roster that, you know, started the season. I thought they were good, but I didn't think they exactly added the things that they needed to make that deep championship run. Then the trades happened. Then they got Butler, then they got Tobias. And at that point, you know, I'm watching throughout that that part of the season, and you know, Butler was kind of looking rough at times. He looked like he just couldn't get any kind of rhythm going. Um, Tobias looked like he started getting into a groove in like the regular season a little bit, but at the same time, he didn't look anything like he was in uh, in Los Angeles, which I mean is pretty much a given because you're going from being the number one alpha guy in Los Angeles to now like the number three, sometimes number four option in Philly. Um, so obviously, you know, these guys, uh, they, they, they needed a lot more time to gel a lot more time to really understand how to play with the, like this big four that they created. Um, especially because, you know, you have, some alpha dog mentalities on the team too. Like you have a guy like Butler who is like, Hey, run more plays for me, run more pick and rolls for me. You have a guy in Ben Simmons who, if he's playing off the ball, he's really useless other than just cuts towards the basket. Um, and then Joel Embiid who, you know, he has to get his touches as well. Otherwise he's not going to be as engaged as he usually is. So there was a lot of different factors there. Um, and as it progressed towards the postseason, um, I, I could see it against when we faced the Brooklyn Nets. There was times where, like, it was like, yeah, this team looks dominant. Like that one, I think it was game two or something that uh, the Sixers really blew them out of the water. But then there were times where I was like, okay, they're struggling hard against Brooklyn. If we face, say, Toronto or Boston, I don't like our chances. And then... Of course, we face Toronto. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, if you, we talked about this during the season last year. If you give Kawhi Leonard a guy to defend who can't even shoot, so he only has to worry about one dimension, it's game over. Like, he's locked, he, he locked up Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, all those guys. He's definitely going to lock up Ben Simmons. So, um, yeah, it, it was almost an inevitable conclusion. Um, 
I, I, like if I had to give them a grade for last season, I would probably say like a B minus, just because, like now you know lost Jimmy Butler, but we still made those moves that you got like Josh Richardson and everybody, um, so, so you kind of lost a little there. You lost some of the the prospects and stuff that you had to even make that trade, and um, you know after that season it was kind of like okay, well, where do we go from here? And I don't know if they really made the exact moves they need to make uh, to to step up from that. So it kind of left them in a spot of, uh, like, wh- where do we go now? Um, so, yeah, it was – I mean, it was an exciting season. Like, it was still a fun season. I still loved watching it. But in the end, I was kind of – it kind of was what I was expecting – um, with like the original roster rather than that new revamped roster. So it was just, uh, I guess the, the best way to put it is just disappointing. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, the, the problem I see with the Sixers moving forward is that they have to move forward not only without Boban Marjanovic, but without Landry Schmidt. Um, or TJ McConnell. Or TJ McConnell. Oh, that, now that is a big loss. That's a huge loss. TJ went to the land of TJs. He joined up with TJ Leaf and TJ Warren in Indianapolis. And uh, the big three, as they call themselves. Or the big T... Te- <laughs> the uh, I can't think of anything. The big Tej. The big Tej. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's to me, I just don't think that Embiid and Simmons fit are the right fit. I think individually they're very talented players. But I think together you kind of need to have a center that's like uh, like like if you put Cat with Simmons, I think that'd be perfect. If you put um like D'Angelo Russell with Embiid, I think that'd be perfect. But I don't think Simmons and Embiid is a pair that just works together. I, I, that doesn't mean they can't win 55 games because the regular season and the postseason are totally different things. I, right. I just think when, when you get to, you know, the conference finals or the conference semifinals, or even if they make the NBA finals, there's going to be a point where they can't get over that hump because the two of them stylistically don't match each other. And that's where I think they're going to run into trouble. It's a very talented team. Tobias Harris should fit in well this year, should see his game elevate even more. Uh, they got some good role players like Mike Scott, uh, like uh, Zaire Smith coming back. Um, who was the, who's the guy they drafted? Who did they draft this year? Oh, no. Did the Nets uh, have their pick? Matisse. Oh, okay. Yeah, Thibault was a good 3 and D guy. I mean, the, the roster itself is a fine roster, and it's going to be a very competitive team very you know they, they have a legitimate shot to win the conference they brought in josh richardson when they traded jimmy butler to miami i like that pickup he's a very good three and d player um that you know i i don't know you know more about shake milton obviously they brought in al horford and uh right. you know we'll see what happens i just think they have too much size again they instead of bringing in al horford i would have went after a guard i don't know what guard could have been available at that price point but it, it just it's it's the land of big men for the Sixers and I don't think they needed another a guy like Al Horford he's a good player don't get me wrong just where I don't see how he fits into that offense right no I, I agree when 
um, you know, when, when the whole trade for Butler happened, I was like, okay, I like that move. I like, I like bringing in a guy like Richardson. Um, I think that was a really quality move, but then the signing of Horford uh, was like questionable to me, especially because the fact that it's a, what was it? Like a four year, hundred million dollar deal. So like that's signing Horford into when he's like 37, 38 years old. Um, so that, that the contract itself was a little questionable to me, but the move itself, I was kind of like, okay, are you paying him that much money to just be the backup big man? Are you expecting him to be the power forward? Like what exactly, where was the idea or the plan of this going? Um, because I feel like, you know, even with that amount of money, if you presented him with that, with the fact that it would be like, yeah, you're going to be coming off the bench usually. I, I feel like Horford probably wouldn't have said yes to that because he was just starting on a very good playoff team in in Boston. And it he didn't really show signs of like slowing down at all as a starting center. Um, so that was very questionable to me, especially because... Um, you know, there were still some guards out there in terms of free agency. Uh, and it was just like, you know, you lost JJ Redick as well. So where's the shooting coming from? Like that was a big thing was, you know, they had the spot up shooter in JJ, but when you lose, um, when you lose Butler, you didn't exactly have a guy who creates off the dribble. Now, Tobias Harris can create off the dribble a little bit. He has his little, like, uh, pull-up jumpers from the elbows. Um, he can work on the pick-and-roll as well, And but he's also a good spot-up shooter. Uh, to me right now, especially because if Ben Simmons isn't shooting, you don't have someone who's creating off the dribble other than now Josh Richardson. But Josh Richardson from three-point is okay. Um, but, you know, I feel like there still needs to be some somebody else. I think there needs to be, like, a, a either, like, a six-man, like, a big-time scoring six-man or something like that. And really, after this starting five, I mean, they did just sign Trey Burke. I, I wouldn't consider him a big-time scoring six-man at all. Um, Zaire Smith, we still haven't, we still haven't seen what exactly he can be. Um, so like, I mean, and obviously now since the, the heroes of TJ McConnell and Boban are out, everything shifts to the Mike Scott hive. So we have Mike Scott coming off the bench as well. Um, but yeah, there, there's not exactly one person that I can say like, okay, if our starters, you know, aren't aren't getting the job done offensively, there's no one in my mind that I'm like, all right, go to him off the bench because he's going to give us that huge scoring uh, spark plug. Yeah, um, and and ju- I just took a, a glance at the uh, what what free agents were available this offseason. and I just right. think a, a couple signings that would have made more sense to me would have been one would have pro- I think the perfect signing for for Philly would have been Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, oh yeah, I, a guy who could shoot, could play, you know, multiple guard positions, play defense. 
I think that would have been the perfect guy alongside Ben Simmons. And then even um, I know uh, another guy could be Boyan Bogdanovich. I know he's a small forward. He could kind of play that like two. Th- he's a guy who could, if you need him to go down to the two, he could play that. But he's really a three. But he could also play that small ball four. He's uh, interchangeable with that. Or uh, uh, if you wanted like a more veteran guy, a Ricky Rubio. Granted, they got Al Horford. He's not a bad player. I just don't. I don't. I don't think he fits. But it, it's. I think the Sixers. Like I said, the Sixers are a good team. Sixers are going to be. One of the top teams in the East, I just don't know if I could confidently say that they can get out of the East. Um, I think Milwaukee could take another another step forward, and uh, Giannis is going to be even hungrier to win a championship. And and don't sleep on Brooklyn. Um, I know I'm not sleeping on Brooklyn, but... um, (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm joking, obviously. Indiana should bounce back with... uh, Victor Oladipo coming back. The Celtics aren't just going to fade into oblivion. You know, they, they still have Brad Stevens up there and Kemba Walker's no slouch. So, although I think Philadelphia might be the betting favorite or the second favorite behind Milwaukee, um, it, it's, you know, it, it'll be a tough road to the finals for, for Philly, but this might be the best year they have, especially with the Nets getting Durant next year or right. later in the year, maybe this year. So, Um, is there, is there one player you think that the, um, Sixers might need to go out and trade for before the season starts or in the middle of the season? I know it's impossible to try to predict like buyouts and stuff like that, but is there a guy that you see maybe that they should target? So the one person that I've been curious about, even in the off season, because of all the rumors is Bradley Beal. Mm -hmm. Um, a, because I think he would perfectly fit the team, especially because of how much more he's been working, you know, off the dribble uh, with with John Wall pretty much inevitably hurt for the last, like, three seasons. Um, we've really been able to see Bradley Beal, uh, you know, flourish as a, a main ball handler. Um, and... The, like there's no doubt about his spot up shooting his three point shooting in general um so uh, he's one person that I would definitely be looking at the only thing is like so say they say they go to trade for Bradley Beal um like they're they're not going to give up Simmons or Embiid so the three guys they're going to look at are Tobias Richardson and Horford and I don't, I don't remember what the rules are, but isn't there some sort of rule that you can't trade them right away after you just sign them or re? Yeah, them? Uh, I think December fifteenth is you have to, you can't trade a guy like if you sign a guy, you can't trade him until December fifteenth. Right. So uh, they would at least minimally have to wait till then. If if, it, if that was me personally, I would try to trade like Horford and you know maybe they're gonna want you know they're gonna want a lot in return because it's Bradley Beal um you're gonna have to trade like Horford and probably like Zaire Smith or Matisse Thibel you're gonna have to trade one of those guys with him uh just to get him and so it's gonna take a lot uh unless like the Wizards are you know like zero and 25 or something um then they'll probably just take whatever they can get but 
uh, he's one guy I'm definitely looking at, especially just because of all the rumors surrounding him. Um, but other than other than Bradley Beal, I don't really know. Like, there hasn't exactly been anyone to stand out to me like that. Um, I mean, buyout-wise, I would love if they could get somebody like... If they could bring back, like, Andre Iguodala. Like, if Memphis buys him out, um, I think that would be perfect just for some Another leadership guy and shoot. defense. Well, true, <laughs> but at least like he brings a, a lot more with his game on top of that, and he's—I mean—he's—he's he's a guy that you're not gonna play like thirty minutes a game either. No, I understand that. I just—I'm um, looking for shooting if I'm the Sixers. I'm not looking for another defensive uh, standout. I think you got enough defense. True. I mean, the defense is going to be very, very good. Um. But the only thing is, like, in terms of buyouts and everything, I don't really – there's nobody exactly that's, like, on my mind or that I've, like, read about that I'm like, yeah, they need to go out and get uh, and get this guy as soon as he's available. Um, unless it's somebody like a Trevor Ariza type. Is he, is um, he still in the league? I think so. I think he's uh, – Wherever he got traded, I think they re-signed him, actually. Um, I thought he was in, like... Wasn't he a part of that trade that, like, got nixed and then they redid it or something? Yeah, so... So he was with the Wizards, and then they traded him to Phoenix uh, for... It was part of that Kelly Obrey trade, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, And I'm pretty sure Phoenix re-signed him. Uh, I know so, they signed Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that I mean I would definitely be happy with if if they could get somebody even just somebody like him. Um, he's one as well. So, oh I'm wait. Oh sorry, he's on Sacramento. So traded from so yeah he he was traded to Washington in the Kelly Obre trade and then he signed a two year deal uh two year twenty five million dollar deal with Sacramento. Okay. Alright. Yeah it's kinda like uh I feel like Trevor Reza is always a guy like ever like he had that one year and he I mean, obviously when he was younger he was a good player. But when he right. he got traded to Houston and had that one year where he was like the best corner three point shooter in the league or something. Oh yeah. And like he, I mean, he gets you like twelve points a game, but I just don't see it with him anymore. Like I feel like he's like a average player in the NBA. Well, the the thing with him is like when he was on Houston, he like Houston's defense and everything in general was just better. Mm-hmm. And then the moment he, it was like him and I forget who else, uh, him and one other person left. And then that's when Houston kind of took a step back. And I didn't think it would be that much of an impact either, but it it, it was enough of an impact to, to cause them to step back and not be a top, like an, a number one seed or anything and not get as far in the playoffs as they did the year before. Gotcha. So. Uh, yeah, I just, it was one of those guys where I was like, Whenever he was brought up in trade talks, I was like, uh, I don't really see it. Right. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, um, as far like as far as trades go, if I had to trade somebody like good, like if I had to trade like a, a good prospect or somebody for him, I wouldn't do that. But as far as buyouts go and stuff, if if they have, if they are able, to, I don't know if they even have like the money to sign him. That's the thing. Like right now, they're they're pretty capped out, especially with the um, extension that Simmons just signed as well. So. Did you hear about the trouble Ben Simmons got into down in uh, Australia this past week? I actually did not. I, all I saw was his response, and I was so confused. I don't know what happened. He uh, he was in a casino and uh, with his buddies, and I guess the rule in the casino is that you have to... They have the right to check ID on anyone under the age of, like, 25. So okay. they obviously he's twenty three, and they asked him and a buddy for identification, and they didn't ask a certain another guy for identification. So he he accused them of like racial profiling or something, and then turned into a big deal with the security. Eventually, he got through and was allowed in the casino, but he felt that he was racially profiled, even though he, you know, I I don't know. I would think as a celebrity in Australia, he would, maybe the guy just didn't recognize him. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what right. it turned out to. He turned, he, he kind of was turning it into like a race thing. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, those kind of situations are always tough because I feel like those kind of situations, you always have to be there to exactly understand, like, was he just, did he just like not have his ID and is he in the wrong or is this guy actually being like racist? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) only reading the, uh, reading the news articles. I can't really, I can't really comment because I don't really know what happened, but right. You know, I guess. Yeah, I gotcha. You would hope that in Australia they'd recognize Ben Simmons. Of all places, right? (laughs) It's like the two places you would expect people to know who Ben Simmons is is Philly and Australia. Maybe if he had a jump shot, they'd recognize him. (laughs) Oh, God. But have you been watching his off-season jump shot videos? I have been seeing some of those those clips, especially the, the ones in scrimmages with him putting up some jump shots. Yeah, see, he's been playing against Big Baby Davis. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hey, I I went to the Big 3 championship last year and Big Baby still has some juice left. Against what was it against a 45-year-old or 51-year-old Muhammad Abdul Rauf or whatever his name? <laughs> well, I forgot his name. It's something Abdul Rauf. Or yeah, Mahmoud. Or was it against uh Katino Mobley? Well, Katino Mobley's on his team. Ah. Katino so Mobley is like got to be in his fifties by now. Uh, I think he's getting close. I think he's like mid forties. But his uh, like that team is Katino Mobley, Big Baby, Quentin Richardson, Corey Maggette, and Birdman. Katino Mobley is forty three. He he retired at age thirty two. Hey, he's still he's still hooping. Joe, Joe Johnson Johns, is you killing saw that. it. Yo, you saw that. Joe Johnson is killing it. See, that's who the Sixers should go after for their sixth man. Right there, Joe Johnson. They're gonna they're they're watching him kill the big three right now. They're gonna get a little into the season and be like, you know, we really need that offensive sixth man. 
and they're going to sign Joe Johnson. Iso Joe. A little step back four pointer. Yo, that would be cri- that would be a really long lineup. Say he goes in for Josh Richardson. That'd be a crazy long lineup. <laughs> but um did you see the throwback jerseys that the Sixers are bringing back? I did not. So they're bringing back I forget what year those jerseys were from, but uh, the jerseys that actually are, like, written out that say 76ers. Um, I, I like them. I, I think they look really good. Uh, the only thing is I'm still waiting for a for them to bring back, like, the, the black and, excuse me, the black and the blue jerseys from the Iverson era. That's all I want. And they keep going back to every other throwback jersey that they have. <laughs> I want. I want the my. Fa- I had an Iverson jersey. I had a black one with the like with the underlining of like the white and blue. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. 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 Okay. So yeah, that was the one I I had. If they brought that one back, I'd be happy. Um, oh yeah, no, that's a that's a good one too. I like that one also. I want to switch topics real quick. Did you see the quote by Kevin Durant? Uh, which one? About the joining the Nets. I did not. He said it was always going to be for the Nets. They got the pieces and a creative front office. I just like what they're building. Okay. Suck it, Knicks okay. fans. Well, wasn't there a video of like someone telling Kevin Durant to come to the Knicks, and he's like, "Man, ain't nobody going to the Knicks." He's like, "I'm never gonna play there," or something like that. They're like, oh yeah. They're like, they're like, yo, KD, when are you gonna play for the Nets? He said, never. Uh, for the Knicks, he goes, never. And this I mean, like a year he, and a half ago. he was being honest. Yeah, he ain't lie. <laughs> oh my god. But um, but yeah, no. It, it, so so prediction. What? So let, let's get into a prediction for the Sixers. Um, yep. Last year they finished. 51 and 31 lost to the Raptors as we previously mentioned. Uh what do you see for them now that they have Raul Neto on the team? Oh god. I actually learned something with with Neto. His name is actually pronounced Howl. Shut up. No, I'm being dead serious. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds it sounds weird. It sounds stupid, but uh, like, <laughs> hi, my name is Howl. Yeah, and, and like I I clicked on his the moment the Sixers signed him. I went to his basketball reference page, which I mean I do with like pretty much everybody, and I saw the the how you pronounce his name, and I was like, wait, I was like, did they do it? Is that a typo? Did they accidentally type an H instead of an R? I just like that his nickname is Raul's or Howlzinho. I know. And then Wolfie. And Wolfie. <laughs> he looks like he could be on an episode of Teen Wolf. Yeah, I'd never watched that, so I uh, couldn't tell you. Couldn't comment on uh, it. He just, he just looks like he could be a werewolf. Right. No. Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, prediction-wise, I think that they move up a seed I think they finish with the second seed. Um, and I think they do make the Eastern Conference Finals. 
However, I think they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games. Two. I don't. I, I'm I'm not sure who yet because I'm on the fence. Between um, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn. I have to see a little bit from Brooklyn first. You meant not. You meant to say not Milwaukee. <laughs> If this was if this was next season, then yeah, I'd say Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. But right now, eh, eh. We'll, we'll talk about this on another day. Yeah, but like I'm on the fence about who just just yet. Um, but yeah, I see them losing in the the Eastern Conference Finals in seven. What about you? Uh, well, you didn't give me a record. Oh. Um, I said they finished with 53 wins. Okay, so we have a pretty close prediction. I was going to predict that they actually win 55 games. So go 55 and 27. I think they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals in six. Six? Six. To... To who? You really want to know. The Nets. No. Who? To the upstart Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls? No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, God. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Like I called the Nuggets last year. The Bulls are going to come out 24-2 and in their first 26 games. Oh, my God. Uh, if, that act- if that actually happened, I will pay you $100. <laughs> That's it? That's it. I'm not, I'm not rich, so... <laughs> <laughs> um no well they did get oh, the bulls did bring in luke Cornette, so you know you never know um that's that's very true uh i don't know yet i want you know the easy answer is the bucks but i kind of want to say the heat kind of want to say the heat i think jimmy butler's finally gonna put it together with uh if the sixers lose to the heat i would be pissed um see that's the problem i'm looking at the i'm looking at the eastern conference yeah, the Sixers, Celtics, Nets, Bucks, and Pacers are the only five teams I could see making the the NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be the Celtics. I don't think it's gonna be the Nets. The Bucks are the easy answer. So, just for the sake of not being easy, I'm gonna go with the Indiana Pacers. I think the Indiana Pacers are gonna make a run to the NBA Finals next year. Maybe. Okay. As of right now, that might change when we do a preview of the Central Division. True. True. But. For the sake of an outlandish um, prediction, I'm going with the uh, Indiana Pacers. Either way, this if the Sixers want to make a championship run, this is the year to make it. Because, like, it's not going to be any easier to get through the East as it is right this season. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if Durant comes back. And Did I tell you what I read about, about Durant's injury? Oh, the the one about uh, the comparison to Wilkins, right? Yeah. Uh, you might have. Where every every guy that tore their their Achilles injury, uh, with the exception of Dominique Wilkins and Jonas Derepko and Kevin Durant, every other guy tore their right Achilles, uh, tore their left Achilles. The three the okay. three I named Durant, Derepko, and Wilkins tore their right Achilles. As a righty, the left foot is the foot you plant on, the foot you jump off of, the, the foot you land on. 
The right, right one is for balance. So theoretically, the Achilles injury shouldn't sap Durant of much of his... It might sap a little bit, but it shouldn't take away, like, everyone says all his athleticism and his explosiveness and this, that, and the other thing. So, once again, Sean Marks is a genius. The Nets medical staff is incredible. <laughs> and we're going to win 75 games. 75 games. How did this Sixers preview turn into the Nets winning well, 75 Everything games? turns into the Nets. <laughs> no, nah, but it, I, it was just a cool tidbit that I saw. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. At least we know Kevin Durant will kind of somewhat be as good as Jerebko. Hey. Remember, <laughs> you remember when uh, my buddy Brad came on the show to talk about the, the Hornets? Uh he did shout out Jonas Jarebko as an X-Factor for the Golden State Warriors. He did. That's very true. So, we got, oh, we got to put some respect on Jonas Jarebko's name. All shouts out to Jarebko. <laughs> but anyway, that is it for us, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Atlantic Files. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com and make sure you check out the rest of the podcast on the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.